being afraid limits what people try. And because of that, if you don't try, you're never going to succeed at something. I like to say, try and fail, but don't fail to try. This comment by Vinod Kosla illustrates a key lesson of greatness. If you want to start something great, you must be different from most people when it comes to your relationship with risk, failure, and upside. Let's talk about why. Welcome to Starting Greatness, a podcast dedicated to ambitious founders who want to go from nothing to awesome super fast. When you're a startup founder, you have to channel your inner James Bond, your MacGyver, your Wonder Woman. I'm going to help you win by curating the lessons of the super performers, but before they were successful. So without further ado, ignition sequence start. Let's get started. If you look at the dictionary, you'll find the conventional thinker's definition of risk, a situation involving exposure to danger, harm, failure, or loss. If you think of risk this way, though, you won't start a breakthrough business. Why is that? Well, you'll let the fear of failure constrain your ambitions or your willingness to stand out as different. Vinod Kosla has a different view of failure. He says failure doesn't matter. Success matters, period. And I fully agree. But wait a second. Failure doesn't matter? How can that be? Simply put, any breakthrough worth pursuing has a high chance of failure. The less risk you take, the more conventional your opportunity will be. So by definition, greatness requires a willingness to risk failure. It requires us to realize that risk is not something you avoid. Risk is something you intelligently take. Legendary founders view breakthrough success as the valid reason to pursue entrepreneurship in the first place. In other words, they start with an objective to change the world and work backwards. Breakthrough founders also know that the chance of failure is not the primary variable to consider when you seek massive opportunities. The expected or potential upside is, which is the product of the chance of success and the payoff from success when it happens. Why is the idea of risk taking so powerful? First off, if you take bigger risks, you start with a bigger competitive advantage. Similar to the concept of a first-mover advantage, conventional people will stay away from big risks. That means your competition is limited to those with a similar risk tolerance. But even more important, it allows you to learn secrets about the future that no one else is exposed to. This is true regardless of whether your first attempts are successful or not. After being an investor for 10 years, I noticed something strange. Over 80% of our exit profits at Floodgate had come from pivots, where the founder started with one product idea but pivoted to another idea later. Examples were Odeo, which pivoted to Twitter, Chegg, which pivoted to textbook rentals from college classifieds, Twitch, which pivoted from Justin TV, and Lyft, which had pivoted from Zimride. I was flummoxed by this for a while until it became clear to me. The reason for this was that the founders of these companies thought of risk as something you take, and they understood that their initial failures contained learnings that led them to their ultimate breakthroughs. Think about it. If you take a risk others refuse to take, even if it doesn't work out for you, you're learning things that nobody else is learning. Returning to the language of Vinod Kosla, the failures at the beginning didn't matter. The successes that came later did. By leaning into these risks, it's almost as if the founders figured out a way to steal secrets from the future that others weren't in a position to see. This is a big factor in the ultimate assessment of the odds and why I think the chance of long-term failure in the pursuit of breakthroughs is lower than some people think. 
In other words, risk-taking the way Vinod describes it is a form of arbitrage. The bigger the risk, the lower the probability of success, perhaps far less than 50%. But the risk-adjusted return for you as an entrepreneur might be underpriced, because if the fear of failure scares away more people, then there is more option value. This is because you learn about future opportunities before anyone else, even if your early attempts aren't successful. And if the upside is truly massive, the bet might be underpriced, even if it's risky. Okay, so you get the point. Take risks. Now what? Well, first, Vinod says, and again I agree, take on the biggest risks first. If you succeed, you'll have created massive value because you're pursuing the same upside with massively better odds. So why wait? And if things go sideways, you could pivot to a new answer. Then you've learned something valuable at an accelerated rate. And if you discover there's no path to success due to an insurmountable obstacle, you could do so in less time after consuming less capital. Even if you fail completely, you get something back that's very valuable that can never be replaced. Your time to pursue breakthroughs that can work. Once you've identified the risk, the second thing is to evaluate the risk. Some types of risks have relationships and trade-offs. For example, technology risk and market risk tend to have an inverse relationship. If I invent the cure for cancer tomorrow and it really works, my market risk is basically zero. Everyone with cancer will want it and pay for it. But if I solve a problem with low technical risk, there will be thousands of teams that can build what I just built. Overcoming market risk will then depend on me having a better understanding of how to win in a crowded market with dozens of competitors. Vinod also discussed in our interview how this type of risk consideration also applies to hiring. Suppose a developer you think is awesome wants to work at your startup and you want them. If you hire them, you will increase your financial risk by shortening your runway. So you should have a clear idea of the precise technical risk you will reduce and whether the trade-off is worth it. Continuing on the hiring front, sometimes it's a good idea to take a risky bet on talent with unbounded upside, especially if you think they might accelerate your progress to a breakthrough. Other times, it would be foolhardy. When you hire for a compliance role or an area where experience really counts and mistakes are costly, hiring the wrong person can contribute to disastrous unforced errors. So hire for experience in these roles. But the implications go even further still. Most startups hire according to a schedule and a time and a budget in their plan. But Vinod's thinking counters this, and again, I agree with him. You escalate your commitments when you escalate your certainty. Rather than hire according to a fixed schedule, hire when you have taken critical risks away from the road ahead, whenever it happens, whether it's sooner or later than expected. And one other thought on hiring as it relates to risk. If you're pursuing a breakthrough, then it is almost certain that most of the problems you encounter in the future are problems you can't think of today. So you want your team to consist of people who could solve almost any problem. I found it especially valuable to have at least one person on the team who can build pretty much anything. This matters because you might face a situation where you have to build something totally unexpected in a time window that's so tight that it's literally a bet-the-company proposition. I want to offer a brief sidebar because I think this is an important moment to call out a complimentary lesson of greatness that revolves around my conversation with Annie Duke. That lesson of greatness is called thinking in bets. For too many leaders or decision makers, making the right decision is an all or nothing. They say, I assert this will happen. Annie Duke's books, How to Decide and Thinking in Bets, are important reads if you're seeking greatness. I highly recommend that you check both of them out. In the meantime, here are some key takeaways to consider that relate to what Vinod's talking about. 
The first takeaway is to think in bets. When someone asks your opinion about something where there's high uncertainty, the correct response is to say, I'm not certain, but here's how I'm thinking about it. When we express our level of confidence by saying, I'm X percent sure, rather than as an all or nothing, we open the door for others to collaborate with us better and tell us what they know. I won't digress any more, but I think it's a good follow-up lesson because it also helps you think about how you take risks. Okay, so what does this all mean for you? First, you don't achieve your dreams by playing it safe. You do it by taking intelligent risks. Second, the fear of failure is a powerful force that can hold you back from your true potential. Risk is real, but fear is a choice. Third, taking risks for something you find truly meaningful might have better odds than you think. One, because the bigger the risk, the less others will have the appetites to compete. And two, those who take risks typically have an internal fire that pushes them to dig deeper to find a path to the massive payoff. Fourth, it's important to evaluate the trade-offs in the risks that you take. This is where it's critical to be able to make informed bets, to reduce the type of risk that has high risk but low reward, for example, but to lean into the risk that could have the wildly asymmetric upsides. Most people think risk is something to be afraid of, but you don't have to be most people. You can be the rare person who sees the larger truth on the path to accomplishing something extraordinary. Risk is something you take. Thanks for listening to this lesson of greatness. If you found this episode helpful, you might also enjoy my interview with Annie Duke. In it, we talk about how decisions under high uncertainty can be framed as bets rather than an all-or-nothing thesis. This is a crucial thing to grasp when it comes to mastering intelligent risk-taking. I'm not downplaying the role of luck. The issue, though, is that is that you don't have any control over luck, so pay attention to the thing that you do have control over. You can find a link to that interview in the notes for this episode or find it in our archives at greatness.floodgate.com. I appreciate you listening, and I'd love to have you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, I'd be grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And until we catch up again, I hope you never let go of your inner power to do great things in whatever matters to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you.